Welcome to a D&D Candle Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content, and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to co- convince the other that our baby is better. You messed it up. It's not easy to say. Hi, I'm Garen. <laughs> I'm Dan, and uh, this week we're super excited to dive into our first episode that focuses on the backgrounds, races, and subclasses from the new Midgard Heroes Handbook from Cobalt Press. This supplement is full of all sorts of crazy loot. These features include original backgrounds, as Dan stated, along with new weapons, subclasses, spells from the Deep Magic series. And we're talking like 300 spells here, guys. And we got new feats, new magic items, conditions. The PDF is $25 on coboldpress.com. Like, don't waste any time. Buy it right now. Hell, we bought the hard copy and PDF combo for 40 bucks on cobaltpress.com. And let me tell you, the art, grade A. It's a very nice hardcover book, and uh, it's basically all of Cobalt's best material all compiled into one handbook. I call it Cobalt porn. It just rolls off the tongue. You're into naked little Cobalts like that? Is that does it for you? You're sick. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm going to talk at you about my Midgard hero this week. So just shut up and listen. Because of among the... Nurian Thurgs, which are a culture of kind of zealots that live out in the deserts and the wastes. They scrape by. They live hard, rough lives. They focus on bringing water to the people and preserving life. Now, among those living out there, the Nurian Thurgs, there was one of troll blood, hardier than many of his other brethren, but also kind of a visionary. While the other Nurian Thurgs were looking to bring just life-giving water, he was looking to bring motivation and enthusiasm-giving liquid. Just to clarify, does it say in the book to pronounce it like you had a stroke? (laughs) Uh, No, but I feel like it needs to be hit with that sort of emphasis. Because when you've got T-H-E-U-R-G-E, that's Thurg to me. Right. Continue. So, So... Tammy of the Nurian Thurgs followed his own goals, his own deity to bring a delicious beverage to those that that sought succor from him. And these beverages, well, they have a lot of names, but the simplest way to put it, beer. And Tammy perfected his... This is a beer cleric. He has perfected his beer. He loves talking about his beer. He makes his beer in his desert garage. And it gets really sweaty in there with all of his big jars and vials. But he likes to watch it ferment. Oh, he loves the smell of fermentation. Tammy could go on and on and on about beer. I mean, it's even on his license plate that he's part of a brewer's group. So this is Tammy, level six beer cleric. He's trollkin. He's a Nurian thug. And Garen is taking pock shots at my license plate. But I'm enjoying a beer right now. You, Thank you, Nurian thug, right now. Uh, I think you're projecting your own your own problems that, on me. I'm just is? I'm making a fantasy character here, Dan. Uh-huh. Well, I will say this. That's just a perfect example of how awesome this supplement is. They have a beer cleric. So not going to hate on it. It's great. I love it. But let me introduce you to Forla. Growing up in the Underdark of the Midgard, 
Forla was trained at a young age to fend for herself as her parents were rather uninvolved in her upbringing, which was pretty typical for the Shadow Fae. In adolescence, Forla ventured off away from home to make her own way. Again, not an uncommon occurrence for the Shadow Fae. Did her parents notice? No, they don't care. She she just left the house. They never knew she was gone. Nah, I mean, it's it's common for the Shadow Fae to just venture out about 13, say bye mom and dad, and they're just like, yeah, fine. Wow. Whilst about in her explorations, she ran into a temple for the red goddess Marena of the Blood Sisterhood. She quickly mm. became immersed in the temple and began to bring sacrifices to Marena as a means to appease her, grow her temple, and one day be blessed with the balm of undeath. However, Forla was, was noticing that there was a disturbing trend while she was out hunting. She was having to compete for blood with wild-type vampires who had not sworn their oath to Morena. She swore to recite the divine oath of Morena to the, and the Blood Sisters to every single one that she encountered in hopes of recruiting and growing her temple or deliver it certain death and deliver that sacrifice back to Morena. She's continued this practice for many years, becoming very skilled with her bow and silent on her feet. Let me introduce you to Forla, a female Shadow Fae, level 6, Vampire Slayer Ranger of the Blood Sister background. Oh, I love I love that you just recited the plot of Van Helsing to me. Not at all. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was Blade 2? Closer to Blade 2. She's, she's Snipes-esque. Oh. Let us tell you about our blood brothers over at Cantrip Candles. They're the purveyors of 100% soy-based candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in the fantasy world. Bakeries, tanneries and even a musty tavern. Personally, I'm super into the sanctuary-scented candle with notes of burning incense, saffron, and ginger. It honestly reminds me of a big, scary church. But to be honest, we got the sampler pack over here at the lab. We simply couldn't decide on just one, and to be honest, they're all worth checking out, which is why the sampler pack is great, because they include every single scent that they offer at an extremely reasonable pr pl price and a uh, little bit of shipping. But once you decide that you want every single one of them that's in that sampler pack, be sure to splurge on their newly offered 16-ounce candle size because they all come with a metal D20, and you don't even have to expend the spell slot. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. Thank you, Dan, and Cantrip Candles, our very own blood brothers and sisters. Well, I'm going to start off right into the melee category. Dan, this is a slow start because Tammy has not much when it comes to melee. Tammy is, uh, he's a big strong trollkin, of course, naturally, but he is just wielding a mace, so that's 1d8 plus one. He also has claws and fangs, which are natural weapons. Both of these are a plus four to hit, and the claws are 1d4 plus one, as well as the fangs. So for that matter, and I have only one attack, I think this is a very easy zero. Yeah, I'll let you slide with a zero to start. Not gonna be too hard on you. Perfect. You make me happy with your beer. I'm going to ask for a minus one here for a melee. I have two attacks, Ooh. two daggers, 1d4 plus two, and 1d4 respectively, and I have a plus five to hit. So, I mean, there's a total of basically four attacks per turn with the dagger. Fair at a minus one for a level six character. Well, I'm not going to argue with that at all. I mean, you've got two attacks. Obviously, your daggers suck, but you're being very reasonable there. Okay, so now, now let's hear let's about your on plus to two. Yeah. Hey, ranged. Everybody loves ranged. That's actually a fact. I'm arguing a plus two. Two attacks. I'm wielding a plus one longbow because Wait. I'm a vampire slayer. Gotta have Wait, magic. why does that mean it's a plus one longbow? Because, it, because they have to be killed with magic. And to be honest with you, if you're a vampire slayer, you're not killing them with non-magic weapons. 
<laughs> so just <laughs> to clarify, to. <laughs> this is a cheater move and not just something of your class. Uh, no, it's consistent with the backstory. As long as we're clear as to what's going on here. Yeah, that will bring out a plus eight to hit on that longbow. But I also have a special empowered strike. My expertise in fighting undead and lycanthropes allows me to harm them even when I'm not wielding a magic weapon. When fighting a creature that has resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, slashing and uh, from non-magical weapons, I can ignore the resistance once per turn when you hit successfully with your non-magical weapon. So those daggers, they're doing work too. However, if I am yielding, wielding a magic weapon, the creature takes an extra 1d8 damage from my successful turn. You want to talk about cheap shot? I get an extra 1d8 damage. On top of the 1d8 plus 3, I'm getting an extra 1d8 because that's a plus 1 longbow. What's up? Plus 2. So what am I going to say? I mean, make me roll, I would assume. Obviously. This is <laughs> the way you're dancing around this. This is your best category. So I, I actually yes. was dancing when I, when I read that. But yeah, I have a plus 3 to charisma. So Ooh, you're a friendly guy. Let's give it a go. I rolled a 10. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. So you got your one, and I'm going to take my zero on range because I have a crossbow, which is 1d8, and that's it. You have no modifier on that? No, I have a 10 dex. And one attack. One attack. Eight potential damage. Yeah, big time. Big eight. Yeah, we're going minus one. Yeah, but you gave me a zero, and I only had nine potential damage I argued damage a minus on one on melee, and I was dealing out a total of, like, 20 damage total per round, so you're taking a yeah, minus one. Yeah, that was one. you, and this is me. No, you're taking a minus one here. All right, all right. You know, it, it's it's acceptable. <laughs> but here's where I'm going. I'm going to go into burninating. I just have a, I have a touch of burninating. Now, first of all, I am not going to be using any of the spells that come as you know how when you when you accept a domain you get certain spells that unlock at certain levels for the cleric are you just telling oh. me that you're going to be cheating is that what this is i am not i'm telling you that all the spells that they include with the cleric domain those are classic wizard spells now i filled my spell list with those but i also filled them with midgard heroes spells you know from the deep magic series that are in the back but all of my arguments are going to be based around those midgard spells so i can really highlight those babies so i'm just going to quickly read off the spells that come with the cleric domain, because I think they are perfect when you think of this as a beer cleric. So you got Comprehend Languages and Heroism, Blur, Suggestion, Aura of Vitality, and Hypnotic Pattern. Those are all the spells I unlocked up to level six here. They're all just thematically beautiful. Like, What are you putting in your beer? There's uh, little bits of uh, paprika and... Psychotropics? Sometimes you get a little, just a dash of psychotropic, you know, where they don't feel like they're tripping, but they definitely know that they are not ready to get behind the wheel of a carriage. <laughs> What's the name of his brewery? Bet you can't trip. That's terrible. That's so That's bad. great. That's, That's it. So Bet bad. you can't trip beer. So anyway, I got that out of the way. Here's my actual burninating argument. These are two spells that I'm going to highlight. Boreas Breath which is a fantastic control spell. I'm putting it here, though. You freeze standing water in a 20-foot cube or running water in a 10-foot cube uh, centered around you. The water becomes ice. It becomes difficult terrain. Now, when you freeze this water, this is kind of circumstantial, but you can freeze creatures into the water, and they not only become restrained, but they will take cold damage at the end of their turn. They have to make a DC 20 strength saving throw to get out of the ice. The ice has an AC of 10 and 15 hit points. So they either have to do have a to make really a strong 20 strength save to get out or they have to chop their way out. AC of 10 and 15 hit points per I guess that's for the, for the whole thing. It doesn't say per area. 
It's cool. also vulnerable to fire, so you can burn your way out. But that's a pretty cool spell. I also have a cantrip called Fist of Iron, which is from the Clockwork Magics. And I just transform my hand into iron, and I can punch for 1d6 bludgeoning damage. Which so is exactly this is a... what I think I can do when I've had too much to drink, so that's pretty, exactly. pretty solid. Yeah. That's how I theme that. And I also pick spells that would be really good for my beer cleric here. I'm messing with liquids. I think I'm really tough. I think that deserves a plus one on burninating. I will give you the plus one. If you were going to argue a plus two, that brewery name was ne- definitely going to cost you. No way. <laughs> Bet you can't trip. That's a terrible name. You've had and- literally listeners. We edited out 20 minutes of him trying to think of something. <laughs> and that's the best he's well- got. I'm arguing a plus two. All right. Here's why. This is going to be a stretch. Be honest, it was a stretch. I have chromatic orb, 3d8 damage of my choosing, but here's the deal this is pretty cool, and nothing like this has ever been done in the show. I have shape water. If a vampire ends its turn in running water, which I can shape water to be running onto a vampire, if it ends its turn in that running water, it takes 20 acid damage. I had to reference the stat block of the vampire in 5e to see this, and I think the fact that I was able to reference that is worthy of a plus two. No, not the fact that you reference that does not worthy that i mean it's, it's so cool. circumstantial it's still damage yeah you so you have chromatic orb and you have burning damage only when you're fighting vampires no 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 chromatic orb and then shape water which i'm a vampire hunter i'm theming all of my responses around hunting vampires shape water end the vampire's turn in running water and it's 20 acid damage that's burning i'll give you a plus one for your extra leg work on thank that. you thank you thank you okay well you know i like control and we're gonna argue a plus two. She's a vampire slayer. She's all about that control. She has the light cantrip. Light cantrip, uh, keep the vampires at helpful? bay. Keep the vampires at bay. So you light something oh, up, it keeps them out uh, by 40 feet because they can't even be in dim light. It gives you 20 feet of illumination and then 20 feet of dim light beyond that 20 feet of illumination. So you're keeping a, a, a vampire at least 40 feet away. Mind you, I'm proficient in ranged weapons. So then I can pop a bow. I also have the dancing lights cantrip, which makes it just that much harder to... You can't be around me when you're a vampire. Keeps the vamps at bay. So yeah, you got light twice. Great. Yep, yep. Keeps the vamps at bay. Now I'll give you a scenario, okay, to argue why I think that this is fantastic. I'm going to cast the light cantrip, back that vampire off, and then I'm going to have a snare trap set right behind him. The snare spell, for those of you who are not familiar, triggers when a small, medium, or large creature moves into the ground or floor where a spell you cast uh, its radius. That creature must succeed on a deck saving throw or be magically hoisted into the air, leaving it hanging upside down three feet above the ground or the floor. The creature's restrained there until the spell ends, and a restrained creature can make a deck saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. Basically, back them off, put them in a trap, hang them by their feet, shoot a bow. Boom! That's control, baby. I also have the racial trait for the Shadow Fae, Path of Shadows, which, when in darkness, dim light, or shadow large enough to cover my body, I can cast Misty Step, and I can use that up to three times per long rest without using a spell slot. Basically, and you think this is... Plus two. Okay, I think this is a plus one because while you're putting together a really cool argument here, and I totally respect that, it's also... Uh, kind of one-dimensional there's not a huge amount of variety in your control argument here you kind of like you set up bam 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 and that's cool but you don't have too many options here so this is more plus one worthy i think the fact that i'm able to suspend people from their feet even if they're not vampires i can set up the snare spell and then on top of that i can use the misty misty step and i can just they're uh, hanging by their feet misty step away boom range spell range attack done plus two 
What do you think? Plus one. All right, all right, plus one. I'll take it. But for vamps, it's a plus two. Probably plus three. She's oh, optimized geez, for, vamps, for the vamps. Baby. Yeah, yeah. I know you're you're a vamp slayer. You're Driving it's hard out there for a all vamp. All right. So what do you got in control? I've got some really fun spells. I have got a cantrip called misstep. They have to fail a wisdom saving throw, and then they move five feet in the direction that I dictate. Now, this allows me to guide the creature in a certain direction. It doesn't provoke any opportunity attacks, but it allows me to kind of move them to my flavor. They have pointed out that you can't make them walk off a cliff with that, which would be pretty strong for a cantrip and awesome. I also have a really cool third level spell called the Curse of Incompetence. With mocking gestures, I leave a target incapable of performing at or even near its best. If they fail the intelligence throw, then for the duration, they have disadvantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma checks that are made to direct battle, determine tactics, or give directions to other creatures. That would be huge for an army or something like that. If you're if you're facing a large group of combatants, um, that would be a really cool spell. That's what I loved about this. We've never had a situation where it like targets a leader, and this really does. And now, even if the leader succeeds on a check to do any of those things... All of their underlings roll a d4 and subtract that value from... Their two-attack roll? From their initiative. Oh, from their initiative. If the leader fails, nothing happens. But if the leader manages to succeed in giving orders, the targets have a, a minus d4 to their initiative. So it kind of slows down their whole situation. That allows you and your team to really get on top of things. That's pretty neat. When you have a chieftain and, and, and some cronies, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like so that, that would be kind a of a before-battle situation. Oh, I love that. Level 3, necromancy. I also have a factor of my trollkin. I am a night whisperer troll, so I'm more comfortable at night, and I can speak to my spirits, and basically I can grant myself advantage so you, once per you, you long talk rest. To your, you talk to your imaginary friends when you go to bed? And I talk to my imaginary friends during the day, and it gives me advantage on attacks. I also have message as a cantrip. No, that's just part some, of being That's part of being a trollkin. Yeah, really cool, man. So, so based on cool spell factor and being able to get advantage on attacks, I think this is plus one worthy. Uh, you're rolling for that plus one. Okay. I have a zero to charisma because I'm so adamant about talking about my bruise. People are a little sick of me. So I need to get this <laughs> dead on with a 15. And you give people the farts, which is not not charming. Oh, those post-beer farts, man. I, by the way, I rolled a six. So yep. I got a zero. And you rolled a, a 20 on that fart check. You've got just noxious yeast farts right now so but tammy's game is about to really take off here and this is where i want to point out why he's called tammy because i was texting dan about how tanky my character was going to be and iphone auto corrected it to tammy so this is how tammy my character is <laughs> i'm glad that you stuck with it because i told you to name your character that <laughs> so tammy's got a 16 ac 60 hit points he has got inhuman vigor as a troll he can regain two hit die as a bonus action and use that once per short rest. So I don't need to take a moment. It's kind of like um, Second Wind, but a little bit more potent. I also have nothing else because all of and my other spells are based around other category. I think based on these factors, I am... You're getting a zero. A one. You're getting a, a one. You're getting a zero. <laughs> You're getting a zero. It's all right, but meh. I don't even have cure wounds. Yeah, yeah. no, you're not very right. cleric-y. Uh, that's, a, that's a zero for Tam. No, I'm very cleric-y, just very specific. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i arguing a zero for tankiness. I have 60 HP and an AC of 16. That's exactly what I have. Yep. But I also had inhuman vigor, which means you get a minus one. Ugh, all right. 
That's that inhuman vigor is like not even that's very specific. No, it's it's regaining two hit die. It's regaining a potential sixteen damage as a bonus action. All right, fine. Once per short rest, that's pretty good. All right, all right. How do you help your friends? Do you help your friends? Are you yes, a loner? I, well, I, I, I sort of do. I, I, you know, I'm a vampire slayer, okay? I'm Argon is zero. I have cure wounds, so that's something. No, I don't uh, have cure wounds. Good for you. But I also have this background trait for the Blood Sister. Uh, it's called Fearful Respect. And when you travel Ooh. openly as a Blood Sister within the principalities, you'll be afforded hospitality by the local people who fear and respect you. Uh, it's, so it's kind of like uh, the pirate background in 5th edition, uh, uh-huh. in, in Wizard of the Coast publications, but you'll, you'll be offered a decent meal, wine or beer, warm bed for the night in the village inn. You'll be granted an audience with the local ruler if you need one. Outside Morgau, you can give the secret hand signals and pass phrases if needed to be granted safe haven and free healing at the Red Goddess's hidden temple in the city. I'm arguing to zero, because it's super specific, and I do have cure wounds, but, like, if you are... If we are in the Midgard. Pretty much anywhere you are in the Midgard, you can kind of finagle because people are just scared of you okay so just the two things there uh, i mean i don't want to make this as clear as you got one thing so it's a minus one you got two things so it's a zero but i feel like the cure wounds and that are both kind of like okay well i think this is i, I will say a little I will bit say more of fearful, a minus one i will say fearful respect is not just one dimensional though that's the reason i'm arguing a zero is because it can give you a place to stay healing decent meal libations safety you can also get be granted an audience with the local ruler if you need one which you know can can influence on policy or maybe granting you access to going to see someone that you need to see that can benefit your whole party so if you approach the local ruler what would you say to him i'm afraid to tell you that the local millionaire (laughs) bruce wayne he's a vampire oh i need to kill him yep zero Zero. Okay. You could have sold me on a one with a Bruce Wayne as a vampire story. That's great. <laughs> what do you have for ally assist? This is going to be my first two of the game here. This is big. This is where all the beer clerics energy is focused. First of all, blessed brew. This is the level three feature. You get a number of doses of your brew to carry on you at all times. And it's three plus your wisdom. So I got six of them at all times. My friend drinks one. And for the next hour, they can have advantage on charisma plus one to their AC, or plus one to their spell save DC. And you have to finish a rest before you can drink from this again. And then at level six, my favorite ability that I have seen in this book yet, this is what made me pick the beer cleric, boot and rally. So if your friends are frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned, you use your channel divinity to grant them an immediate save with advantage. If they succeed on that save, they also heal 2d6 hit points. That's fun. That's pretty cool. Get it out your system. Get back in the game, brother. You're not paralyzed. Get off the couch. They're going to draw a dick on your face. Get up. Go. Is, is that all you have? No, no. I got some other things. I also took the Fortifying Healer feat, which means my heal spells give immunity to Frightened for rounds equal to the spell level, and my heals grant inspiration that they can only regain. They can only get that once per short rest, but when I heal them, they get inspiration. I also have a couple of spells to throw out here. Find Kin. I can either touch a willing creature or I can target with a melee spell attack a unwilling target. And I can find information about their family, which could, it's just very specific. You're basically a 23 in me, but without paying the $79 for the kit. Yeah, I just touch your face and I'm like, whoa, I know where your grandpa is. 
Can you role play a scenario like uh, where let me let me hear what specifically you're using this for? And I'm sold. Okay, so you and me have a couple of drinks in the Blackhound Tavern, Cantrip Candles, and you start to tell me like you're worried about your sister. Where is she? You haven't heard from her in a really long time. I say, oh, hey, shh, 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 and I just put my big troll hand onto your hand on the table. You moisturize. Very soft, and I'll just rub the back of your hand a little bit, let you feel that texture. And I say, listen, 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 listen. Your sister, she's totally fine. She's happy. She's wealthy. She's well-dressed. She is a courtesan to a, a local lord. And for the next few years, she's going to be great until he gets bored of her. So don't worry. She's great. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that she's both wealthy and well-dressed. <laughs> well, some wealthy people, you know, wear rags so they don't get robbed. And your hand is like an old baseball mitt. It's so soft. That sold you on the fine kin there, right? Oh, yeah. Perfect. I also have Warning Shout, which is a level two spell where I can call out a warning and that creature gets advantage on initiative check. So you just go, hey! And, hey, there's a fight! Look out! And I have a cantrip benediction where the creature can roll a d4 and reduce the damage by the result. So I just touch you. It's kind of like that um, resistance and stuff like that. There are already cantrips that exist. So I touch my friend and then they roll a d4 and, and subtract that from the next attack. Superb. Plus two. Oh, yeah. I'm all I'm not about gonna my argue. I'm not going to argue. You have great abilities to help your friends. But how balanced Tammy's a man you? of the people. I made a very balanced character this time around. Strength of 12. Dex of 10. Con of 14, because i got to be able to handle my own brews. Intelligence of 14, because i got to know how to brew new stuff, find new ingredients. Wisdom of 16, because I'm always drinking my own brews, and I think I know a lot. And Charisma of 10, because as I got into it before, he's a little bit of a windbag. I have saving throws in Wisdom and Charisma, and I'm proficient in Arcana, History, Religion, Intimidation, and Persuasion. I think this is a very balanced character, plus two. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. It's pretty balanced. I'm going to argue a plus two. Here's why. Strength of eight, Dex of 15, Con of 10, Intelligence of 11, Wisdom of 12, Charisma of 16, Proficiency in Survival, Stealth, and Investigation. I also not only uh, am proficient in the longbow, but I also have that plus one. So I'm dealing out a plus eight to attack. <laughs> I think that that is wait, super wait, 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 wait. You can't include your cheating in your balance. Well, I'm proficient. All right, let's put it this way. If I weren't, if I didn't have the plus one longbow, I'm still a plus seven to hit on that longbow. At level six, I'm a surefire. Yeah, right, well, you, but you are only proficient in three things, I believe you said? That's correct. It's a little less balanced. I, I would argue that that's a one because of that, because you don't have as much variety. Okay, I'll take it. Moving so right along. So take us into the yeah, final stretch here. Uh, so are you smooth? smooth? Operator. I'm very, very smooth because you have to be with vampires. There's no choice. I have passed without a trace. Also, silence, proficiency in stealth at a plus five, and investigation at a plus three. I also have that Path of Shadows trait that allows me to use Misty Step, as I described previously. Uh-huh. Plus uh -huh. two. Yeah, that is, that's a very stealthy character. Yes. Some great strong stuff and there. And I could have used uh, Pass Without a Trace to help my friends, but I decided to bring it into Smooth Operator. Okay. Hard hard to argue that. I will have to grant you a plus one on that. And no, no, no. That's I, a plus two. I'm sorry, because I meant that I think... I deserve a plus one. Yeah, because you, you thought you're a smooth operator with that. Oh, I'll give you. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a plus one. No problem. Yeah, go ahead. That's a what really bad start to my argument that I didn't even squeak that past you. What? Go ahead. What do you got? I have got Scribe, which is a cantrip that allows me to create a copy of a written work. Kind of like a forgery kit, like a cantrip that allows me to do forgeries. And I have Beguiling Gift. This is a really fun 
first level spell, I plant a powerful suggestion into an item, and then I hand it to that person. They have to willingly accept it, but then they must make a wisdom saving throw or use the object as it is meant to be used at their first opportunity, like writing with a pen, consuming food or drink, wearing clothes, drawing a weapon. So here's what I'm using this spell for, is I'm putting it on my bruise, and I'm saying, hey man, everything's cool, let's put this all behind us, we killed some of your boys, you killed one of our guys, take this, let's just have a drink. They take the drink, and then if they fail their wisdom save, they drink the drink, I got them right where I want them. I just drink them under the table throughout the rest of the night. I steal the keys to the treasure. Pretty good? Uh, it's all right. Oh, yeah, you're holding yourself back on that one. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't It wasn't mind-blowing. It's not mind-blowing, but for a, a level one spell, that, that's got it's some right. really right. sweet role-playing. Sure, sure. I just didn't think that the, the scenario you gave was all that impressive. I would have done some <laughs> sweet tricks with that. Sweet tricks? Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, Mr. All right. Jet I gotta... Ski, sweet tricks. Oh, don't shit on my jet skis. I got a plus three to persuasion, and oh. I also have plus five to arcana, history, and religion, so I am able to deduce some shit. If there is a mystery to be solved, I'm the guy to figure it out. And message is a cantrip. Did I mention the message? Yeah, plus one. that's so smooth. So, yes, so I'm smooth. No. What are you arguing, what? plus one? Yeah, take yes, your plus, take plus, your plus one. one. It's if you have some stuff, it's just it, you're not you're, you're not blowing me away with any of it. Plus, why you're like super intimidating or whatever. I'm not super intimidating. I got a plus three to intimidation, but I've also got a level three spell that I've been holding out on called Confound Senses. This is another one that I really like. This befuddles the mind of up to six targets I can see within thirty feet. The creatures that fail the intelligence throw are reduced to half speed by confusion over their surroundings. In addition. Targets that fail their saving throw make ranged attacks with disadvantage. Affected creatures also find it impossible to keep track of their location. They automatically fail wisdom survival checks to avoid getting lost and can't remember where they've been in the last 10 minutes in relation to where they are now. Whenever oh, an affected like creature must choose between one or more paths, it chooses at random and immediately forgets which direction it went. Does it say to roll like a d6 or something to determine what path it takes? Uh, it just says it chooses at random. Oh, okay, so I guess a coin flip. So here's my beer cleric, and what I'm doing is I'm immediately making up to six creatures drunk. blackout drunk. Yeah. Blackout. I love it. They are just, they're a bunch of toddlers. I love useless. it. I love it. So I'm putting all of my stock into that just because of how fun that is. I think that that would really, that would mix some stuff up in a town. Yeah. So what are you arguing? Two. I agree. You flavored it well. I like it. Yes. I'm arguing a plus one because... Again, for vampires, I've got shape water for interrogations. So, like, I need to know information from a vampire. I'm just taking the nearby, I'm just river, and I'm like, oh, how does that taste? And I'm just dousing them with just a river and a stream going past them, and they're just getting acid damage. Limbs are starting to disintegrate. They're going to give me the info. Uh, I've, also got, <laughs> I've also got lights and dancing lights, you know, so keep them at bay. Blood Sister is feared around town, and people know what we're capable of. Argonaut plus one. See, this is all just like rep. Oh, yeah. A lot of it's the rep. I, I think this is the most rep-based character we've ever had in the lab. There is no ambiguity with this background. They they are notorious, and they, do, they, they don't hunt vampires. That's not what they do. They're actually vampires uh, in the Blood Sisters, but uh, I reflavored this to get rid of the uh, vampires that do not join forces with them and serve them as sacrifice. That was my own flavoring. I like it. Plus one for plus one for rep. Okay. Would you play this character? I would in the right campaign setting. Mm -hmm. As as I mentioned several times throughout this episode, uh, it's pretty much tailored to vampires. So in Strahd, it would be fun. 
say this is a good a good character if you know if you know you're going into something with undead or vampires great if not i wouldn't play this character but it's it's a heck of a lot of fun because you're you're just a scary presence i would play the character definitely this is actually one of the most you know i have to say again kobold you make character creation with the supplements that you create uh, this is again the some of the most fun i've had creating characters so absolutely agreed i would go right into my guy that i would 100% play Tammy the Beer Cleric. I did not mess around at all when I got into this book. I found my clerics, I found my favorite cleric, and I built this character, and I will 100% play this at some point. Yeah, yeah Beer Cleric is a great, uh, great little flavoring there. But like I said, guys, don't waste time on this. This thing is worth having right now. Uh, that being said, if you're listening to this episode on the day in which it's released, uh, which is March 28th, uh, be sure to head over to our Twitter as we are giving away a free copy of this thing on PDF, courtesy of our great friends over at Cobalt Press. Again, this thing is $25. We're giving away a free copy. Uh, winners should be announced tonight at around 7 o'clock Eastern time, so stay tuned for that. And thank you again for listening, guys. We're going to wrap it up with our little bit of housekeeping as we normally do. First and foremost, before we even talk about the math, we'd love to talk about our Patreon. We have some fantastic Patreon subscribers. Huge shout out and thank you to Eleanor Armstrong, Caitlin Lindbergh, Gabe from Interparty Conflict, and Ben Potts, uh, some of our new Patreon subscribers. They are getting in on it. We're having a great time in the Discord talking to our folks. And you can too. At $1 a month, you can get admission to our Patreon-only Discord and also an entry to our weekly drawing for our published DMs Guild content. we got a couple things up there to offer. $2 a month, monthly one-shot adventures not published anywhere else. Our April one-shot, I can tell you, is going to be a murder mystery for level one characters that I'm having a lot of fun writing. So I'm looking forward to having some folks read that. At level five, this is where it really pops off. You get your Fight Club episode and your Monster Lab episode. These are released at the beginning of the month and halfway through the month. $10 tier, you get to submit up to three flaws every six months to the Wheel of Unoptimization that we will be using starting in April with our characters to make our characters worse you get one day early access to the main podcast which will be on a tuesday patron each episode will be able to submit a scenario for either smooth operator or spitting fire to be used in the episode where we'll flavor all of our stuff around that at 15 dollars a tier you get some character lab merch every six months also get to submit a character name that will be used by myself or dan with a shout out of course at 20 dollars you get to submit a character to the lab every six months Every three months, you pick either Dan or I to auto-fail or auto-crit. And every three months, you pick either Dan or I inspiration on our challenge rolls for that episode. These things are all going to be implemented with our April episodes. So thank you guys for those of you that have donated and are considering it. It really helps us out a lot. Yeah, and uh, a couple of other things that are exciting coming out of the lab. We have our new supplement called Wombos Combos. This was written by our own Garen Jones. And Garen, if you want to give it a little brief synopsis. Yeah, Wombos Guide to Combos is 27 combo actions that we have come up with where you can have two characters using their skills together to create a more powerful move. The example I love to give is the Barbarian throwing the rogue at the enemy, called the Fastball Special, shout out to the X-Men. So the rogue does sneak attack damage, plus strength damage, plus a 1d12 for the Barbarian, but there's also consequences if they fail, so we think this is really balanced and flavored nicely. Get in on that on the DMs Guild. For a limited time, it is going to be 99 cents before we bump up the price to $1.99, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, and then uh, 
Also, like he had mentioned about the Patreon, we have a new Fight Club coming up uh, in just four days on April 1st. And then we have already a Monster Lab and a Fight Club on there. And then the 15th of April, we're going to have another Monster Lab on there. So just bonus episodes to boot. If you subscribe and become a Patreon at $5, you get access to all of the backlog. So you never have a shortage of Garen and Dan. And then, of course, we have our shirts available on Spreadshirt. We have an, a link to that in our description. And then, of course... Uh, next week, we're building characters from the 5e supplement for Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, that is Adventures in Middle-Earth by Cubicle 7 Publishing. This is all material that applies to your 5e game, but is set in the world of Middle-Earth. So there's new races, new classes, new feats that they call virtues. We're going to be getting into that next week with our level 5 characters. And we're going to be giving away three PDFs of the Adventures in Middle-Earth Player's Handbook. So check our Twitter for that, that contest is going to be going live very soon. Boy, you said it, Garen, and uh, there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, that's all for this week, Lab Rats. And just remember, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Thank you for listening, guys. Bye-bye. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. <laughs>